disturbing. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars, the podcast, your galactic hub for all things Star Wars and more. My name's Blake, and I'm here with two of the best hosts in the galaxy. First up, we have Cabbage Guy Wesley! <laughs> My cabbages! And Fire Lord Dietrich. Flamio, Hotman. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, We're running on a skeleton crew here tonight. Uh, just me, Wesley, and Dietrich. It's going to be a fun one, though, because when we, when we get together, we're... You know, we're a little rowdy. And those other guys, they just they just don't get as rowdy as we do sometimes. Woot woot. <laughs> we're the life of the party. We sure are. I do not have my other constituent for our yin and yang talk that we're going to have later. The yin yang twins. Yeah, well, that would be maybe me and you. Oh, okay. Diedrich, because we're kind of like the fronts of these arguments, I feel like. You, did, you never had a constituent, did you? Ooh. Yeah, Grant. Grant was all on my side. <laughs> oh yeah, he came in with that dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came. He came. He came in clutch. Uh, kind of like a lightning bolt to the back. Kind of like some spirit water after you've been shot with lightning. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's get into some news now. Hear this. Now hear this. Now hear this. Now you hear this. Whoever you. Are. House of the Dragon, the prequel to the massive hit television series Game of Thrones, is now streaming on HBO Max. I'm ashamed to say that I never really got into Game of Thrones like that, so... What? I, I don't... Yeah, I... You know... You dodged uh, an emotional bullet. Right, I mean, now, after what I've seen about the last season, I, I'm, you know, I'm not so sad. I, I don't think I just... I just never had the time to devote to it. I felt like it was... It's one of those things you really had to just sacrifice for. It was honestly, it was the last television series I ever remember being like, I have to watch this on the night it comes out or right. it will be ruined for me. I mean, I don't know. Every Star Wars TV show we've had has kind of been that way. but I Or streaming show, Well, rather. see, that was, the last, that was the last show that came on on a time on television. Like, this is streaming, yeah. so this is different now, but that was the last, like, show that came on Sunday nights at, like, 8 p.m. that I, I knew I had to not do anything on that night and just watch. Yeah, and uh, I hate that I never got into it. And maybe I'll go back now and, and watch all of it and then get into uh, House of the Dragon, but I know you guys have definitely seen... Is, is it releasing in episodes? Like, every week's a different episode, or do they release it all at one time? Yeah, each week's a new episode. Um, so they only released one episode so far. Okay, so uh, any general thoughts on the uh, episode without without any spoilers? <laughs> um, or we can play a spoiler warning. <laughs> it, my, so uh, let me put it this way. I'll, I'll tell a quick uh, story. Um, my mom watched all of Game of Thrones and and she loved it, but she was like, like it got pretty intense for her at times, and so she. Because of that, she was holding off on watching this, and when I kind of described what this first episode was about, she said, okay, I'm not going to watch this. <laughs> so it's good, but intense. <laughs> you said all that to say that it was good, all right? <laughs> My mom's a horrible judge of, of television. Much like Star Wars, the Targaryens have a lot of incest. So I don't know. 
I, oh, I didn't watch that episode. Like I don't right know. I don't know exactly what happens, but I imagine there's going to be some of that at some point. <laughs> These girls do look be looking fine, though. So fine the brother would hit it. Uh, that's weird. Secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> In Star Wars news, there is going to be a book released uh, March 2023 that is set between the events of Star Wars Fallen Order the video game and the new video game coming out, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is a sequel to Fallen Order. So I'm excited because we're going to get some fleshed out story between these two games. We know that the new game is going to be set around the time of Obi-Wan Kenobi and or so a lot of great stuff is happening in this time uh, period. So what are your thoughts on that, uh, Wesley? That sounds fine. Yeah, um, no, no problem with that. I, personally, I was hoping they would do more in like the High Republic era instead of, you know, the Fallen Order era, but it's all good. Well, I don't think they're going to hold back on the High Republic era to make this book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, I, if, if you remember um, all the, uh, if you remember all the books that came out back in the day, like they were just releasing books in every era, like all the time. So I think I think we can get that sort of thing here. Now, this book that's coming out, like, do you know is it like, based on the game or is it just like completely different? From what I read, it's going to be set between the two games, the new one and the old one. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a whole new story. Gotcha. Which I have no problem with that. Dork Wars, the podcast, has a merchandise store. Merchandising. Merchandising? What's that? Merchandising. Come, I'll show you. Open up this door. We've got Dork Wars, the hoodie, Dork Wars, the t-shirt, Dork Wars, the coffee cup, and we even have a matching set of Dork Wars, the Sky Bison armor, and Space Sword. So we don't have any of that stuff because we're not fighting the Fire Lord tonight because he is on our panel, Fire Lord Diedrich. It's not a war. It's I'm just spreading my culture, okay? I'm sharing my culture with the lesser nations. Huh, sound, sounds like an excuse to me. But anyways, check out DorkWarsPodcast.com where you can find our merchandise store, our YouTube channel, and everywhere that we stream our show. We release a show every Monday, uh, sometime during the day. It's not always the same time, but it's always on Monday. And we have Dork Wars Live every other Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So check us out there and wear Dork Wars the Podcast wherever you go. Dork Wars the Podcast is also part of the Red 5 Network. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Tonight, we are going to cover... Avatar The Last Airbender, Book 3, Fire. Avatar The Last Airbender, Book 3, is the conclusion of Avatar The Last Airbender. Great season. Wow. Oh my gosh. I think it is my favorite season. It is, it's definitely fantastic. Yeah, after a rewatch, I gotta say, I was probably sleeping on a good chunk of it 
I don't know if I'm willing to go back on saying season two is not the best, but season three definitely has gone up in my ranking a little bit. Yeah, there's so much that happens. I mean, throughout the whole season, there's there's very little filler. Kind of with season two, you know, it didn't have much filler either. But this really just drives us all the way to the end. I mean, there's always something going on. I mean, the day of Black Sun happens, and then they have to go into hiding. I would say the filler is like better quality filler too. Like the the few filler episodes right. are really good. They are. They are. So overall, I think this season for me is the best. I guess maybe because it's the end and we get all the cool stuff in the last... I guess it's technically the last four episodes because it was a four-parter. Mm-hmm. But all the great fighting and emotions are, that are in the finale of this show, just ah, they hit me every time I watch it. And everything leading up to the finale. I mean, this season starts... With uh, with Ang waking up after being shot in the back with a lightning bolt, and it does not slow down. I mean, it is full speed ahead. Has hair. Yeah, and he has hair. That was so... I remember when I watched it the first time as a kid, I was like, that's that's jarring. Like, this dude's been asleep forever. <laughs> I mean, he has some nice hair, too. But we really didn't get a lot of new characters this season. Um, We do get Sokka's... Master of the Sword. He's a new character. Uh, Fire Lord Ozai plays a bigger role. We do see more of him. I would say, so the first season main villain is Zuko. Second season is Azula. And now it's Fire Lord Ozai. Right. And this is the first time we see his face Uh, as well. Are you sure? I I think you see his face briefly in season two. Like just, well, maybe it's not... you might be right. It might not be his face. It might just be a shadow. I'm not sure. Doesn't Zuko confront his father in the second season? No. That's season three. That's no. this one. That's season three. It's done it's done during um the the blackout. I forget what the thing's called. When the the solar the solar eclipse. So the, yeah, the day of black sun. Because he has all the sword powers, right? He doesn't even need fire bending. Right. Yeah, that's when he faces his father, but we see his face way before that. I believe we see it in the first episode of this of this. Right, when season. Zuko returns home. Which I'm I'm pretty sure is as either the first or the second episode. I think it's the first. I believe it's yeah, part of the first. I think first. it's the first. I think cuz we're we're shown Aang and the gang kind of recovering from Bossing Say and Azula and Zuko go home. Zuko are being right, held and they're, they're coming home to a hero's welcome. And then Zuko gets to finally see his dad after three years of exile. Mm-hmm. And that's when we see Ozai's face for the first time. So while he was a character in earlier seasons, this season we really get to interact with him. So Ozai, the uh, sword master, I can't think of the guy, the guy's name. I'm sure he has one. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, you can look it up. That'd be fine. I think those are really like the only two characters that are new. Other than episode... Oh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man. Oh, yeah. P.N. Dao, if that's how you say it. I'm not sure. It's mm-hmm. P-I-A-N-D-A-O. Hmm. P.N. Dao? P.N. Dao? P.N. Dao? No, not Dao. 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 D-A-O. P.N. Dao. 
That sounds Piendao. Oh, that sounds way better. Yeah, Piendao. I like that. And the cool thing about Piendao is I, I will probably get into it, but he's part of a greater uh, arc. Oh, yes, he is. There's, you know, we don't get new characters because they really they try to wrap. Okay, the witch, the the water tribe witch who teaches Katara bloodbending. I can't remember her name, but that's a new character, I guess. A uh, Hama, Hama, yeah, yeah. She's a new character. I mean, she's more and right. I agree with that, but she's more of like an episodic that's character. True. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really count those. But yes, that very. very I guess awesome. there's really no there's ones. no characters that are new that aren't episodic. That's the issue, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and even even well, I guess uh Pindal, he he starts out as episodic and then later we find out when that he's part of the uh the White Lotus and is you know, he he's got more more of a role. And I wonder if they I wonder if they knew the whole time they were going to put him in in the White Lotus or if they were like, "Man, we really need another spot" and just chucked him in there. I think it was well known. I think I think they had a plan. Dave Filoni, especially by season three, I gotta have faith in my man. Yeah, right. And then he also in the episode that he's in trains Sokka, he's, even yeah. though he figures out he's from. He's the very tribe, worldly so. for a firebender first, or a Fire Nation citizen anyway. And it was right. only Sokka. He knew Sokka was Water Tribe from the get go, and it was Sokka's humility that made him train him. Right. Man, I bet you, I bet you, Sokka becomes part of the White Lotus. I think they don't. They all, aren't the whole gang. Beca- well, I guess maybe not Toph, but the rest of the gang are members of the White Lotus in Legend of Korra. Oh. Mm. Katara certainly is, because Katara is at a lot of the training scenes we see with Korra. But anyway, let's not get into that. Right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do an episode on Korra at some point. Maybe, maybe not in the near future, but we'll get there. So, what are your guys' favorite story arcs of this season? Since since we don't really have any new characters, what are your favorite arcs? So, Diedrich, let's start with you. Um, so, Diedrich, I'm coming to you first on this. What is your favorite arc? This segues well, because we were just talking about the White Lotus, and my favorite character, period, is Uncle Iroh, and seeing him go from kind of fat, whatever, like, just chill uncle teaching you life lessons to hardened, like muscular badass of of the entire day like he's just crazy powerful in this season especially in the episode of uh Sozin's Comet when they when the firebenders go ape he just he turned he cranks it yeah. up to like 11 him and Jong Jong dude they were killing it yeah part of the white lotus yeah it's just like wow they were just waiting for this moment so i, I love the scenes with Iroh in prison Especially when the guards yeah, are coming too. up sporadically while he's trying to like do his workout regimen to get in shape, and he's just mm-hmm. acting crazy when they come around, and then he goes back to doing push-ups yeah. or whatever. <laughs> I, I love it. I, except for that one chick. Yeah. Except for that There's one. There's the one prison guard. guard. He's like, "Don't come tomorrow. You need to be sick tomorrow. <laughs> Don't come to work tomorrow." <laughs> so I, yeah, just seeing Iroh go, because f- I've always felt like Iroh holds back in seasons one and two, and. This is the first season where I think we see his like full power, right? And I would say that he would rival Ozai as a firebender, but when he's talking to the gang minus Aang about it, and that's what they propose. They're like, "You could go up against Ozai. You could become Fire Lord." And he's like, "No, that's not what he's supposed to do. He he always knew he was supposed to take Bossing Say, but he thought it was from the Earth Kingdom." 
and turns out it's for the Earth Kingdom. His story is so complex. I, oh gosh, I, I love Uncle Iroh. He's so he's a very wise character. He knows that if he were to, to try to take on Ozai, it would not probably bring the peace that he wants, right? Right. No, it would just be someone killing someone to become Fire Lord. In the history books, at least. And, and potentially starting a civil war, because, you know, Azula would probably claim that it was an assassination, and then there'd, you know, there'd be a power struggle, and it probably wouldn't end the fighting. No. It might solve the, the fighting all over the world, because now, now there's a war at home, but... They don't want that either. So, Wesley, what is your favorite story arc in Season 3? Yeah, I'm going to go with the main protagonist. I'm going to go with Aang. I, I just absolutely loved his story arc this season. You know, from the very first episode, like, he comes out of a coma and he has hair. And then just a realization that he died and, and he failed. He failed his mission um, at the end of Season 2. A book too and so now you know he's coming to terms with that and then he's trying to gripe come to terms with the fact that he's gonna have to f- confront the the fire lord again and, ha- and he- even have to kill him but he, you know he- he's conflicted because he doesn't want to kill him and that's not who he is and it- it's just a whole the whole progression of him this season is just spectacular and very good writing yeah it really was it feloni did not disappoint with with our main protagonist ang I feel like last season we we kind of left Aang on the back burner a little bit. Now that I'll watch it all in succession, seasons one, two, and three. First season, it's heavily Aang driven. The story is about him, and everyone else is kind of players in that. The second season, it it seems like it's less about Aang and more about the gang. It, it really does seem like Sokka and Toph and Katara really take on a more major role in their stories progress. Uh, even farther than, than Aang's in that second season, at least for me. And this season really gets back to the roots where Aang is the main protagonist, and we see more of him than than the other characters on the whole. I mean, you have your episodes here or there, but I think they did great with that character this season. I'll go ahead and get my gripe. My one gripe about Aang is the fact that he wouldn't take a life at the end. I think that was a mistake. Well... Mm. <laughs> but how? I mean, I guess you can. I guess you can flash forward to Korra. Because what? What good? What good does Ozai being alive do anybody? Nothing. He gets to suffer now. He gets to suffer without firebending. Sure, but he still has a claimant to the throne. He's still a potential threat. I think uh, uh, maybe call me Kiyoshi, but I think Kiyoshi, and then even every single. Avatar was like, yes, it's bad, yeah, clap but you him. gotta. All right, it's it's just what we do. We're the Avatar. You got to. You got to look past your your peaceful ways in this one instance and just do the thing. And it's part of being the Avatar. And he said no, and I kind of respected him for telling everybody else no. But it eventually comes back and it causes problems later on. And I think that was a failure. What was his justification for? I can't remember. Like, why, why would he not? want to kill him because he's an air nomad he was taught that killing all life is sacred and k- taking a life is wrong no matter whose life it is yeah that's it yeah and he sticks to that through the entire series he does not condone killing he's kind of like batman but a lot happier <laughs> still no parents though he does not have parents but uh my favorite arc 
I really like the uh, the Zuko arc this season. I enjoyed him last season, like where him really getting in in touch with who he is and finding him himself. And then this season, when he is like Ozai's perfect son, and he goes from that to confronting him and basically telling him that I could kill you right now, but I'm not going to. That's the Avatar's job. I've got my own path. And then goes on that own path, teaches the Avatar firebending, goes on field trips with most of the gang. It was it was awesome. It was great to see him get close to Sokka, Katara, Aang, even Toph and Suki, even though they really didn't have as much of a grudge against him. But his story arc kind of making amends and repaying his debts, bringing his honor back to not only himself, but his nation. That was deep, and Zuko's oh, Zuko's whole story was was great this season. I agree. And some of my favorite episodes have to do directly with his development. That's it's going to be hard for me to earn the favorite episode, so I'm not going to go first. So maybe y'all take some of mine so I can narrow it down. I would I would go so far <laughs> as to say Zuko really steals the show for me, um, even above Aang in this season yeah. specifically. I would agree. I would agree. It's it's interesting because the first season is uh, the it's really a, a lot about Aang and it's really he's like the best character, but he it's, it's season one of the show. The second season, I guess who who do we say was probably the best character? Like everyone loves Toph. Yeah, I think season season well, two goes Earth. Toph for sure. Right, she's an Earthbender. Toph is the best. Season three, Fire. Goes to Zuko. Wait, so what? 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 What are we saying? Like, like what's the criteria for best? Because, like, I would my favorite character is Iroh. Well, you know I, what th- I mean, That's I true think too. season specific to maybe the amount of like, I guess it's a hard metric, right? I don't know. Maybe, I was gonna say I was gonna say yeah, character it's, it's growth, ha- but Top doesn't have a ton of character I, growth, but she has a ton of screen but I think time. Because everyone, yeah, every everybody last week said that that Toph was like their favorite new character this season. Right, like she was universally Grant is Grant's favorite character, like ever. And while she's not my favorite character, I think that she kind of does steal the show in that that second season. She certainly is like the most powerful bender. She's definitely a stronger earthbender yeah. than Katara is a waterbender, and she makes Aang probably level up a bit. Yeah, and in 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 this season, Zuko, the firebender, he just. He really takes on... He becomes the main character there for a little while, it feels like. Like, when he's going on the little yeah. field trips with everybody. He really feels like the main character It becomes character like an point. anti-hero kind of story for a little bit. Like a yin to, to Aang's yang. I'm gonna stop right there. Mm. <laughs> it's not the same thing. Character growth does not mean the opposites track kind of... <laughs> so is there anything in this season that... That we really didn't like. I mean, is there anything that just kind of stuck out? My second and only other gripe for the whole season, really. I'll have to look up the episode, but it's any of the episodes with Sparky Sparky Boom Man. I just felt that that was a little random, right? And yeah. I know in Legend of Korra, they explained it as a version of firebending, but in this, in this series, they never really explain what his power is. So I don't, I don't know. It's like coming from a third eye drawn on like a tattoo. I don't. It, it's never explained, and it's kind of weird. Yeah, and I figured a guy of his talents would be more than just a bounty right. hunter. 
I mean, that's all he is. He's like a bounty hunter. Why, why is he not a general in the Fire Nation? Why isn't he out there fighting against uh, everybody else? Because I'm sure the Fire Nation is not above paying someone to fight, I'm sure. Yeah, it seems weird that he's just kind of on his own. Okay, so his name, at least on the Wiki fandom page, is Combustion Man, which I think they do change his name to that. They, yeah, they can they change his name to Combustion Man because Sparky Sparky Boom Man does not roll off the tongue. But yeah, he kind of gets messed up by Toph, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's it, right? I don't think we see him again after. No, Zuko, Zuko gets, gets him. him. Okay, oh, that's right. He finds him at the Air Temple. Okay, correct, and. I think they just needed a character to chase after Aang and co. I mean, no one was chasing them at that yeah. point. They really, all they had to do was just become better at bending. And that's not an interesting enough story on its own, I guess. There was no sense of urgency if they weren't being hunted, I guess. Correct. So they just kind of filled that gap with Sparky Sparky Boo Man, <laughs> Combustion Man. And he only lasted. It wasn't long. Three or four yeah, episodes. It wasn't terribly long. Maybe. But it was random. And that, that's not exact. Yeah, it was random. But yeah, because Suko hires him because he wants him to kill the Avatar because he knows the Avatar is probably still alive. And he goes away directly after the uh, Day of Black Sun because it's the episode where Zuko follows them to the uh, East? Western. Western Air Temple. That's it. Western Air Temple. And he, kill, he uh, takes out Sparky Sparky Boo Man and joins the gang. So yeah, probably... Four or five episodes, maybe. And it's not terribly long in, in each of those episodes, either. It's kind of like the last little bits of a lot of them. So you don't get a ton of them anyway, but still, it's just kind of random, and I don't know that yeah, it really... out of place. Yeah, it's kind of out of place, exactly. It doesn't quite work for me with the context of the magic system and how bending works, as far as we know, yet. Right. So, Wesley, any anything this season that, that kind of turns you off, that you, you just don't... Don't care. It, for it. it gets harder and harder to pick one in that category because you know all these episodes are just really good and interesting. And you, and you don't have to pick one. You don't have to pick one if you don't want to. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still thinking of mine right now as I'm talking to yeah. you guys. I, I don't really know that. Maybe like did anything really significant happen in the Painted Lady? No, yeah. it was more of an episodic thing. That was. I mean, it was interesting, and, you know, I I enjoyed watching that episode. It's just, I don't know if it progressed the story at all. Yeah, I think it did a lot. It, it had right. a lot of the same themes that the Jet episode, when we were first introduced to him and his gang uh, mm-hmm. in the Earth Kingdom, it had a lot of those same themes, except this time it was just the gang helping out the village and not having to stop a crazy person from flooding it. Yeah. But the same idea of we're going to help people kind of like regardless of who they are, Anytime we see somebody in need, we're going to help. And that mm-hmm. was the... And they do that throughout this season, especially the earlier episodes before the Day of Black Sun. The gang really does help a lot of people uh, along the way. They help the, the kids in the, the headband when he goes to the Fire Nation school. They're trying to get these kids to think out of the box. They're, you know, they're trying to get them out of, <laughs> out of being Fire Nation-y, right? They're helping out. In the Painted Lady, they're helping out. It might be well in the Puppet Master, where uh, the bloodbending episode. They they are trying to help the town out. They want to find out why everyone's disappearing. My, talking about the painted lady. My favorite character though was probably Doc Shu and Bushi. <laughs> oh yeah. So all right, divisive question: Are they brothers or is it the same person? <laughs> oh, he's the same right. guy. 
<laughs> he's crazy. He's nuts. I think, yeah, I mean, clearly that's the answer, but I think it's hilarious, right? Um, nah, bro, they're definitely yeah. brothers. <laughs> there's, like, there's four of them. Uh-oh, Wesley. There's four. There's actually one that they don't name. They just use you know, for whatever. He can be like whatever name they need him to be. Right. And uh, I think Sparky Sparky Boo Man actually lasted like half the season. So, my bad. That was, it was half the and season. Maybe, and maybe that's why it felt so weird because this reoccurring, like, it didn't feel like this it. last like five to ten minutes of several episodes, you get Sparky Sparky Boo Man coming after them. And it's just so random. It's like they'll, they'll have completed an adventure and then at the end, this guy comes in with the third eye and just starts lighting them up. And it's like, okay. <laughs> Time yeah. to move. <laughs> Got a blast. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I don't think there's a, a weak point. Uh, Sparky, Sparky, Boo Man's. I don't see him as a weak point. I just, just kind of meh. And that might have to do because that's, meh is the worst it gets in this season because it's so great. Um, I do have some, I do have a couple episodes that aren't my favorite, but we'll get to that uh, later when we talk about our least favorite episodes. I think it would have been more interesting to have a person who worked for the Fire Nation that wasn't a firebender going after them. Maybe maybe even an earthbender since they had so many colonies and they kept referencing the colonies in the season. And, and the, the Dai, Dai Li. Li, right? Yeah, exactly. It would have been interesting to bring... I think that would have been better, bring back the Dai Li hunting, the Avatar. They kind of downplayed the Dai Li this season. Because Zula knows. Azula still knows. Like, she has to know. Right. Oh, yeah, that's why she gave Zuko the credit to begin with. Yeah. That, we, so it yeah. would have been interesting if she would have been like, all right, Dai Li, I know they're still out there. You go find them and kill them, and I'm going to then show the world that Zuko's a fool again. And, you know, I don't know, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I think so, too. I, I like the Dai Li, and I felt like this season we see them here and there. Uh, we see them in the Day of Black Sun, and then we see them in the finale. I, I think that's the only two times we even see them. And they don't really play that big of a role at all. And they were so cool for season two. They were. They were They were definitely my favorite part of the villains. Well, I say that, but Azula was also... Oh, gosh. I don't know. It's so hard. Yeah, season two is great. Gosh. They're all... It's, ah, it's great. It's a great show. But one thing I like about this season, it is definitely the heaviest season of the three. Uh, for obvious reasons. We're coming to a close. All the drama's coming to a head. But when this show it does humor, it does it right. Uh, we have a couple episodes that are just straight funny. Uh, the beach. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Seeing Zuko, Azula, May, and Ty Lee go on vacation to uh, Lo and Lee's uh, beach house. I mean, since you're bringing it up, like, like when, if you're going to ask me what are my favorite like what's my favorite episode? It's not one. It's it's any time we see either um, Aang and the gang or Zuko and Azula and their little crew interacting with normal teenagers or normal kids. It's always great. Like Aang at his school for the, for the few episodes he attended Fire the Nation. Headband. Yeah, the headband that episode, and, and uh, I would I would add that with the uh, what's it Ember Island. Yep, Ember Island players. Well, not, well no that that was the play which I. Th- I think that one's great oh, too. Oh, the the beach. The beach is the name. The the beach is the name of that. Okay, episode. but I think the I think it's. But it was at yeah, Ember Island yeah, as that's well. That's the geographical location in the universe. But with them interacting with normal teenagers, both on the beach and at the party, is hilarious. At the party, <laughs> Zuko Zuko and May Angst was hilarious. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like I like how she's like, can you go get me something? And he goes off and some dude just starts talking to her and he goes, like, hey, that's my girl. <laughs> they just oh, then they tear the whole place down with fire bending at the end. Oh gosh. And then they all learn something about each other. It's a good episode. Which is funny because that really never that never plays a role again, honestly. Well, I to a degree because well, it does kind of hint. I, I it will hints say that, that there might be some fractures growing in the group. That's yeah. true. That is true. Especially, especially Which with Zuko, they, when there's that great scene where they're around the campfire and they're like, "Who are you mad at?" Because he's just he's got this rage, and he finally says himself, and it's like it finally clicks that he made a mistake. Yeah. And then that next episode after that is when we get the Avatar and the Fire Lord, which is a very Serious episode, very cool. I mean, it's a lighthearted at points, but we get the the story of Sozin and Roku, and that that episode is phenomenal. It is the sequel to the first season episode, I believe, where we get Aang's past and Zuko's past. This is kind of the sequel to that episode for me, where we get Aang's past life's history and Zuko's great grandfather's history. And also the realization that Zuko is a descendant of an avatar. I would also say it world builds, excuse me, world builds quite a bit because we get a lot of scenes of the Fire Nation before they were as militant. Right. It was like before they started their campaign, most of the episode at least. It was very Uncle Iroh. Right. And you know, even um, Azulon, right? That's the. That is the the grandfather. Right, that's, that's Zuko's yep. granddad. Even Azulon in the beginning seems very like normal, like chill. Like he's a normal kid. They're having fun together. They're friends, and then something happens in those fifteen years, and I I would love to see a flashback of no. That's that's Sozin. That's Sozin you're talking about. That's the great grandfather. So who was who was who are the two great grandfathers of Zuko? So so Zuko is Azulon is though it's a. Uh, it's Sozin okay. is his great-grandfather, right. and Roku is his great-grandfather. Okay, right, okay. So excuse me for the name drops there, missed miss, uh, miss the You're names good. there. But the, the point <laughs> stays the same. It's like we see them, and he, something happens between the time that his, his buddy, the Avatar, leaves him and the time that he comes back. He turns into this dictator-y kind of wanting to, to rule the world. You know, he's, he's very friendly and fun at right. first, and then when... Uh, Avatar Roku comes back to the Fire Nation. That's when we see him kind of go crazy. So I wonder what happened. You know what? Right. What made him go from being a fun-loving friend of the Avatar to I need to rule the world? You know. Sounds like we need a comic. I need to know. So let's let's go on and get into this yin and yang thing. So we can we got we gotta just get it out of our system. We're we're kind of drawn to like our favorite parts of the, the our favorite episodes and least favorite episodes. I think it's it's kind of where we're headed. So let's we we got to get yin yin yang talk going. So I, I looked up some some yin and yang stuff this week, and I found out that I, I think that Zuko's the yin, Ang is the yang, and they rhyme. So it has to be right. For one, the yang represents order. That's all. That's that's Ang. Chaos yin represents chaos. Zuko represents chaos. If you look in a uh, the uh, the Southern Raiders episode, uh, where Zuko and Katara go to find Katara's mom's killer, Zuko is very much uh in in the uh in the camp of let's go kill this guy, 
while Aang is, you know, forgiveness, uh, day and night, that's yin, yin, yang and yin. Yang for day, yin for night. So it's kind of the same things okay. there. The, uh, Hold on. Okay. Are we going to do all it right. point by point, or are you just going to go ahead and lay it all out? I'm fine with either way. I just want to know. Yeah, you can rebuttal right. to that, because it's going to be it's going to be a good bit. All right, all right quick rebuttal to the first thing. I get what you're saying, but I would argue that Aang is actually more of a chaotic, like if I'm thinking of uh, in D&D terms, Aang is chaotic good. And the Fire Nation and Zuko, is, at a certain level, they are trying to bring about order their own way. Yeah, but, but Zuko's not part of the Fire Nation anymore. Zuko has not been really part of the Fire Nation since season one, and even then he was banished. So. I know, but the, the culture... The way he does it is chaotic. Both of their cultures, though, dictate what they do. Aang is from a culture of freedom and expression and all that. And then we have uh, Zuko from a culture that is very hierarchical, and you have to be a certain kind of way. Look at the episode where Aang goes to school. They don't even allow dancing. They're trying to bring about a certain kind of order in their own kind of fascist way, right? Yeah, but I'm talking about Zuko. I'm not talking about... I mean, I know he came from the Fire Nation, but he really breaks those bonds by early second season. And he returns to them and hates it the entire time. As a character, he is chaotic. He's all, always rushing into something without thinking. Oh, He's all action first. Hold on, though. All hot-headedness. Okay, but Aang rushes into so much, too. You can't say, okay. He does. I'm not saying he doesn't. I mean, it, and that's another thing. The, the dots in the yin and yang, they represent that the seeds of the opposite are also in what you are. So, I mean, you, there's, there's traits that, that overlap. There's things that can, can be true about something. But Aang knows that he shouldn't do that. And he, when he flies off the handle, it's a mistake for him. When Zuko flies off the handle, it's his normal. Okay, I gave you that. Yeah. So I want to move on to the, to the next one. And the yang represents movement. Hot, expanding, strong. Yin, which I'm saying Zuko is, kind of represents dark, stillness, cold, contracting. I like Zuko as a character. He's a good firebender, but that doesn't make him fire as a person. Which Zuko are we talking about? Because I would argue that Zuko for most of season three is an entirely different Zuko for most of the series. Yeah, he is. He is now a yin. So he was a yang? Fang's yang. So now there's two yins? No, there's not two yins. So now, so, so as, as he turned into a yin, Aang turned into a yang? Zuko's nature has always been darker, even, even in this season. Stillness, cold, contract. Like, Zuko's not a very outgoing person. He's kind of a cold person. Even, even when you're friends with him, he's still very recluse. You know what I'm saying? And Aang is definitely more, you know, like hot, expanding movement. That, that describes Aang. Like, he's all energetic. He, is, he always makes friends everywhere he goes. He's got that kind of energy. It just, he, he's, it's, they're opposite. And... Like I said, there are seeds in each other. That's what the dots stand for. There are seeds of those things in each other. Because Aang can be contracting and cold too, but that's not his norm. Aang does that like when he's hurt. Zuko, I don't, I don't know how much Zuko's ever really like <laughs> open and friendly. <laughs> not, not very often, even when he's a good guy. It's always kind of hard for him. But some of like the, the physical things, uh, when, when we see them in the, uh, the dragon episode, the, uh, the Sun Warriors episode, when they go to 
learn firebending from the dragons. They do the dragon dance. That's very like a. They have to do the opposite things. Like it's like a very okay. Hold on. Like, well, very him and Katara physical depiction. Katara and Aang both dance. They dance with each other in the headband episode, and they're yeah. They dance. They dance with one another, touching. No, they, they're, they're, not the whole they, time. Go back. Go back okay, and watch but they it. Touch. But that is. That's not. That has. Why does touching, why does touching on? Yeah. Why does that matter? Okay, so let me let me let me finish my dragon dancing uh, thought. So in the dragon dance, they do the exact same moves in reverse, like opposite, like a mirror, right? I'm saying that's more like a physical depiction of them being yin and yang, not necessarily that that makes them yin and yang. That's just kind of a, I a visual thing that kind of points to that. And we know Filoni does deep things like that. I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. Aang is shot in the back in season two of the lightning bolt and has that scar in his back. In the finale of this uh, season and the series, Zuko's shot in the front has the same mark in his stomach, in the very same place in the front of him. Another physical representation of the yin and the yang. Very, very sight. Like, it's on sight. You can see it. So I think with, with kind of what I was saying before with, like, the traits... And then the physical depiction of them in this season. Kyle, they're always kind of, they're moving opposite of one another. But they're still going for the same goal to bring down the Fire Lord and the Fire Nation. And that, and that reason is why I argue so adamantly that they are not yin and yang. Because they are working toward the same thing. Well, the outer circle of the yin and yang represent the universe and everything in it. That's the goal, is your universe. The smaller circles represent that it carry that each carry the seeds of the other. They kind of work in that same what they're working for the same thing. So here's here's another argument I give, but in different ways. And it comes from Legend of Course. I'm sorry to bring it up, but that is part of the same universe now. Darn Legend of Korra. No, so now go for it. Vatu is the great spirit of destruction, and uh, Vishnu, or I'm sorry, that was Indian lore. What is the uh, the god of light or whatever? It's uh, Rava. Reva. Rava. So Rava, Rava is yeah, the Rava god of like light and creation, right? So there's there's the destruction versus creation, and I still, I mean, you you've even said it yourself a couple of times in this episode that at this point, Aang and Zuko are working toward the same goal, whereas Rava and Vish, uh, excuse me, Rava and Vatu are complete polar opposites they're fighting each other in legend of Korra. we see flashbacks to the ancient battles of history where they're at no point are they allies at, at every single time we see right. them they're going against each other and they are the literal embodiments in this universe of yin and yang i mean they are the yin and yang it is the yeah. avatar against the spirit of darkness yeah it is yeah and they balance each other in the context of the world they are they are ever battling and that's the balance and then when they take one, I can't, I'm trying to remember all the plot points of that season now, but when they, I know Vatu kind of possesses, uh, who's he? He possesses, uh, the, the fire tribe or the, not fire tribe, the water tribe guy. Uh, and they yeah, fight. Uh, is Vatu killed? Va- is Vatu yeah, killed? Uh, I can't Vatu remember. Vatu is destroyed. And that's what, that's what helped bridges the gap between the spirits and the. Yeah. Vat- and then they. That opens up the spirit world and all that. Um, I'm just saying in the context of the show and for what it is. So there, the goal of the goal of Rava and Vatu 
are to keep the world separate. And them battling each other the way that they do keeps that separate. I like that better myself. I really like them being separate. <laughs> and in the context of this show, the what's holding everything together is taking out the Fire Lord. That That's kind of what I, where I'm coming from with this. And they're moving in a way that they are still doing that, but they do it differently. I would be more on board if, like, like uh, being opposites, like, the main theme you presented, I think. And if I would be more on board if Zuko was just an earthbender. And then I'm like, okay, because that's the opposite. Because <laughs> Aang is an airbender, and the opposite is earthbending. And that's why it was so hard for him to learn. So that, that's why I think that would be more fitting. But I think there's, there's still a difference. I guess, but he's, he definitely struggled more with the firebending than he did with earthbending. I think he was just more scared of it, honestly. But yeah, Oh, I think his experience with John John, at the, I think that was during season one even, or maybe maybe early season. It was. Yeah, season one, where he tries to learn firebending, but it's too soon. You know? Yeah. I think that really makes it hard for him to pick it back up. But earthbending is the natural opposite. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, my argument, though, is that like a foil, a polar opposite of a character, is not necessarily the same thing as the yin and the yang. Like, it's... But I wouldn't say he's a foil either, because he, a foil to this character would be him trying to stop him from no, stopping no, the fire. No, no, I'm, I'm kind of arguing with is, Wesley. Sorry, it's not not so much oh, against you, so sorry. much against the idea of dang it, Wesley. Oh, so it's so so this is a one on one on one battle. Now. Well, like just it. this this one point. I I don't think the the fact that <laughs> it's a earth bender or versus a fire bender would truly matter in the context of it. True yin versus yang. I'm still not agreeing with I'm still not agreeing with you, Blake. But I'm just saying, right? That's fine. The that's bending fine. so that's much fine. doesn't matter. Now, and I think if, if they had done that, it would have been, been one of those, like I was saying, one of those things you can see that makes them opposite, you know? Yeah, I was just, I was commenting because Blake's, a lot of Blake's points were about, you know, opposite movements and opposite paths and opposite yeah. trajectories. So th- there was that theme of just being opposite. But there's definitely a lot more evidence for that than the one, oh, they're, they're not an earthbender. Or not earthbender. Yeah, yeah, but to the point that if this is Dave Filoni's master design, then I think that that's a very big like easy that, that's low-hanging fruit you know what i mean he should have just he should just made the earth kingdom the bad guys right <laughs> foreshadowing the legend of Korra. but but uh <laughs> see there you go he did see that's further no i'm just kidding I, i'm done that's that's my argument for it and you know if i haven't changed anyone's mind either here or the listeners that's okay uh, i i still like i like the theory it was a good discussion it was a good discussion that's all that really matters uh, so any any like final thoughts on that before we kind of move move on? Um, I really like Uncle Iroh. Hands down, best character. What? Was that? Just... Okay, yeah, it's not what. I thought. <laughs> oh, okay. I, 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 about I thought we were talking about final, yin final thoughts here. I was just gonna be like, no, no, final thoughts for the yin and yang thing. Uh, I mean, I, I I see some of your points and I get what you're saying. I just ultimately disagree on what is yin and yang. I love I love Zuko this season, so I get your like fervor for Zuko. I love Zuko as a character, great character. Oh yeah. So Wesley, any final thoughts on the yin and yang debate? Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Zuko fits there. I just don't. Um, you know, he he was definitely important for the final outcome of the show, but I don't think he's the opposite of the avatar well i'm really sad grant's not here to agree with me but that's okay that's all right let's just keep moving on now so let's talk about our least favorite episode of this season wesley i'm coming to you 
Least favorite episode of the season. Still the painted lady. <laughs> Still the painted yeah. lady. Got it. Yeah, I get Wesley did kind of discuss that earlier. Diedrich, what is your least favorite episode of this season? All right, I've already talked about Sparky's Barky Boom Man, so I'll go ahead and say the first time we really see him in an episode is The Runaway, episode seven, and it's no. mostly about um, Toph and the rest of the gang aside from Guitar, because Toph and Guitar are kind of diametrically opposed in this episode. Toph wants to keep doing these little scams where she uses her earthbending to like hide a pebble in a cup kind of thing. And it eventually comes yeah. back to bite them in the butt. This really doesn't propel anything except for the fact that a lot of the gang sees Katara as overbearing and a motherly figure. And Toph is not... Right. And we've had that episode. Yeah, yeah, it's like we've seen this before. We got that last season. You know, it's retreading ground we've already been on. We we all kind of know who what their roles are. Katara's the mother of the group, whatever. We'll, we'll get past it. And they, they do the same thing twice. And then Combustion Man at the end is just kind of like weird. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Dang, I I thought he came in earlier in the season uh, than that. I guess not. No, yeah, I think you're it's right. It's the first time they face him in combat. I think maybe he... He might have been hired earlier. Yeah, I think he was hired one or two episodes before that, but it's it's the first time they gotcha. have to face him in combat. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was much earlier in the season. Hmm. So he wasn't there half a season. Look at there. So, for me, this is hard because... Both of the ones that you guys said are definitely rank on two of my least favorites. If I had to pick one, though, I'd have to agree with Diedrich. I think that was the low point for me this season was was the runaway. Uh, it retreaded ground, like you said. I mean, basically hit all the points I would have hit had, if I were doing it. But other than that, I mean, the Painted Lady wasn't the best. It it, it was okay. I like, I like seeing Katara help people. I think it does give the message that the Avatar is willing to help even the f- people of the Fire Nation. So I-, I like, I do like the sentiment there, but yeah, the Runaway is just not great. One thing about the Runaway that I think I, I will give credit to is the fact that Katara kind of does a similar thing to what Toph does with the metal cage. They're in a wood cage, and she pulls the moisture from herself sweating. Out of the wood, yeah. And then like, oh, yeah, it was her sweat. Yeah, and then like. It's not exactly the same thing as the cage, but she uses what she has within herself to to get out. So that's that's an interesting take because we don't see a ton of water bending stuff this season, aside from the other episode where we see the witch, whatever her name was. It's right after this, actually. Yeah, oh, so, okay, so in a way, it's kind of like a little bit of a maybe a homage or not an homage, uh, and kind of foreshadowing. Yeah, there you go, foreshadowing to what we're gonna see. And then. And she even calls back to her using her bending as sweat in the Puppet Master. She um she calls she tells Hama that yeah, I even used my own sweat one time to water bend when I didn't have anything else. So that's the that's really the only thing I'm like, okay, that was kinda cool. It was a new thing yeah. to bring into the, the world. Right. Another one that uh I, I really I didn't quite enjoy was Nightmares and Daydreams, which is the episode right before uh, the day of Black Sun. Now, I did like that, like the anime references. Uh, it's Aang. He's worried about uh, fighting the Fire Lord. He doesn't think he's ready. He can't sleep, and every time he does fall asleep, he has a weird dream. And one, he doesn't have pants on when he's facing the Fire Lord, and he's got like Super Saiyan Goku hair. And the next time, he's like wearing another like crazy anime outfit. Uh, it was. I just didn't care for it. Just kind of a boring episode for me. 
Let's move on to a favorite episode. Mm. And this this one's going to be equally as hard for me because I had so many. Um, a lot of good. Wesley, yeah. what is your favorite episode? A lot of good choices again this season, but the most intriguing one to me was is definitely the Puppet Master. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that one is just so dark and eerie. And, and man, it's uh, such a good episode um, with Hama the the innkeeper with the you know she has a tormented past of you know like being held prisoner by the fire nation and that yeah and then um she ends up she puts katara in an impossible decision of what to do to save her friends and and so she passes on the blood bending technique to katara and it just oof. much to to uh katara's dismay she she doesn't want to be a bloodbender <laughs> I would. I would do it in a heartbeat. Come on now. That's like leveling yourself up. Do. It's kind of like when Toph learns That's metal crazy. bending. It's like the next level of your stuff. So why not? You know, you don't have to be like evil about it, but just knowing doesn't mean you're evil. Right. Um, I like this episode a lot. It really shows that not only people of the Fire Nation can be bad guys, which we do get that with the, the Earth Kingdom stuff, but even like the Water Tribe. Up to this point, we haven't had any Water Tribe villains. We've had people who kind of suck who are part of the Water Tribe. Um, Paku was kind of a butthole to begin with. Yeah, they're all good now, of course. Um, But there's not been, like, a real antagonist. And Hama is definitely a bad lady. Like, it shows that the Fire Nation is not always the, the bad guys. They The gang even works with the Fire Nation. Like, the Fire Nation comes to arrest her, and they're like, yeah, that's her. <laughs> Yeah, she's crazy. What, go ahead and get I, her. Yeah, go ahead, go go ahead and take her to fire prison. <laughs> so I do like the the overarching theme that you can work with the Fire Nation to eliminate threats. It's it's not everyone in the Fire Nation is a bad person. Even people from the Water Nation are bad people, or can be rather. Yeah, and they hit that. That's a reoccurring theme that they the gang especially tries to push on people is like anybody can be bad just because you're fire nation doesn't mean you're necessarily bad right and that's really heavy especially the first part before day of black sun it is that is a very heavy theme in this season Diedrich, what is your favorite episode oh it's easily season three the ember island players easy <laughs> yeah. e- i know i probably stole yours i'm sorry but no, it's okay. I I, I was gonna. One of us have to be goofy, right? Because it was. It's great because we, someone had to talk about it. We have to talk about it. Well, I'm, I'm actually looking at an episodic list right now for the season, and I didn't realize this episode is right before the four parter season finale, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a perfect yeah, recap. It's, it's, it recaps yeah. everything. So it's it's an episode where they're on Ember Island and they go see a play, and apparently somebody has been following the gang for most of their vin- adventures and. You know, there's a troupe that puts on a play, and it's great because they really lean into the tropes and the characterization to a heavy degree of the gang. So we've got Toph, who's played by a man, a very burly, strong, big yeah. man. And I guess it's the word... She thinks it's awesome. Yeah, yeah she loves it. And I think it's funny because the opposite happens with Aang. Aang is played by a woman. With everybody else. Nobody yeah, else really, nobody else likes their characterization. <laughs> so Ang, Ang is played by a woman, so he doesn't like that. He, he hates the fact that there's a very effeminate you know, person playing, portraying him. And I'm the Avatar! Exactly. I'm so crazy! And then you've got Katara's... Katara is portrayed as this crybaby, <laughs> kind of like, oh, Hope. She's kind of like the Leia, right? She says Hope yeah. like a million times in, in the, in the yeah. play. 
We can fight for hope. And then so I'm just hurting because of hope. And then Soka's played by this guy who's talking about meat all the time, and he kind of likes it, and he goes backstage and gives the guy some some more jokes. Some so jokes. I guess I guess he and Toph <laughs> he uses them. He and Toph are kind of cool with the whole situation, whereas Katara and Aang and Zuko Zuko hates his characterization. Uh, it's just a guy with a face mask on, you know, half half a face scar with a scar yeah. on the wrong side, and it's on the wrong side, and he's just like, we have to catch the Avatar. He's very serious and very. Uh, I don't know, I guess just direct with what he wants. And it makes sense because that's how... It's, it's funny because it's exactly how Zuko exactly. was, right? Was. So Zuko hates himself, and that's why he really hates seeing this depiction of himself because it's actually accurate. It's probably the most accurate out of everybody in the, in the crew. Um, even Iroh... Iroh is portrayed as kind of a bumbling fool. Right. But it's... it's uh... You have to note, though, this is just a, this is a propaganda play. <laughs> it is within the Fire Nation. At the end of the day. Yeah, and at the end of the play, the yeah. Fire Lord wins the day, and, and the crew is destroyed and beaten. So Destroyed. So, yeah. Uh, this, the, the humor in this episode is dialed up to 11. This is, I think this is the funniest episode of Avatar. It is at, at it's certainly the most meta of, an, of an, a kid's show I've ever seen up until that point. And the things I like, man, I like uh, I like the kid comes out during during the break and Zuko's sitting there and the kid's like, nice costume, but your scar's on the wrong side. <laughs> right, yeah. Just, just great stuff. The Ember Island Players episode is definitely one of my favorites. Uh, it's a good recap and it's very lighthearted in terms of any episode in this season. I would say in the whole series, but definitely of the season. Here's my one and my one thing it, though it does get kind of heavy with the love interest between Katara, Aang, and Zuko. Um, yeah, Zuko's kind of no, it's Katara and Zuko that. Well, in the play, right? Katara and Zuko are kind of seen as a right. Couple. That's what causes the drama. But then there's also the the whole um, Suki and Soka. And they're they're kind of like a, an established couple now, so you, you got some love establishing right. in this episode that that yeah. carries on throughout the, the season finale. Right, and that season finale, I mean, is is four episodes. I mean, it's like quarter of the season if you think about it. Uh, but I like how lighthearted it is right before the finale because, gosh, the four part finale, so much happens. I mean, just so much, and it doesn't feel rushed. It's it all takes place in a timely manner. I think it's laid out perfectly. Yet again, um, one th- good thing about this season is their fluff episodes. Even even when they're kind of bad, they kind of work. It's like they they right. kind of figured out. I would say season one fluff episodes are not great. Okay, season two no, there's not a ton of fluff. The pirates, and then season three, the the little bit of fluff they give you kind of works. And then Zutara, like the Zutara thing. It's it it's played up in the Ember Island players uh play. There's another um it might the Southern Raiders they they kind of have you know they go on their little vacation together to to kill people. They don't Well, remember Katara goes with Zuko to face Azula. And the, and you know just I I said this in the last yeah. episode every time they're together well. it's kind of weird cuz it's like they seem to work better as a couple than Aang and she. That's that's what I was gonna bring up. Like when Katar, when uh, Zuko and Katara re- finally reconcile, I think it's at the end of the Boiling Rock. 
where she finally trusts. It might be the Southern Air Raiders. Yeah, no, it's at the end of the Southern you know, Air Raiders. In many actually. ways, I see Katara and Zuko as being that opposites attract kind of thing. Yeah. And the way that she kind of hugs him at the end of the Southern Air Raiders episode, where, like, she's cool with him now, like, that was that was kind of like, it's more than just like a, you know, hey there, Zuko, hug. Yeah, it's it pretty, uh, pretty long, pretty involved. And like you said, when they go to fight Azula together, just the way they work together, it's just, it's got a tension to it that seems like they should be the couple. It was more, it was, there was more tension there than anything that went on between Aang and uh, Katara. Even the, the Ember Island players, they, there's the whole thing where they have that talk, but it's not as heavy as the Zuko Katara stuff. It's not as interesting. What's weird about Aang and Katara is there's many times that Katara takes on a motherly role to Aang, right? Yeah. And it's... Mommy, if Yeah, you know. it's, it's almost... There's several instances where it's almost a mother and a son relationship, but there's also this... They're trying to push like them being a couple, and I just don't think it works. It's weird. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm really like in the camp of Zutara now. I really, I really am. Especially... I've always kind of liked the idea, but after this rewatch, I've I've really been into it. Should have made a really great Fire Lord, the first water bending Fire Lady. So my favorite episode, and it's it's kind of cheating. I'm picking two because it's a part one and a part two. But the Boiling Rock, I really really like that episode. Those those two episodes. Anytime I think of season three, this one stands out to me. The the prison break uh, thing. The, the whole prison break theme, the uh, the character, the funny characters, the warden, everything in this episode is so, or these two episodes, rather, are so cool. Uh, they're saving uh, Hakoda. And Suki. Just the stakes that are involved. And Suki. But they weren't, they didn't go for Suki, because they didn't know Suki was there. They went for Hakoda. Um, they, the, they kind of, they find Suki, and that's when it's like, oh, crap, we didn't come here for nothing. That's not what Sokka said. Yes, it is. Because he was surprised when he saw Suki. They were they were going to get out of Dodge when they found out Hakoda wasn't there. And then he he literally sees Suki while uh, Zuko's giving him like a Uncle Iroh speech that doesn't work. And Sokka's like, hey, this might have not been a waste at all. And uh, Zuko says, oh, I can't believe that worked. And he said, oh, no, that didn't work. There's Suki. <laughs> hey. But the both episodes, them trying to escape the prison, and uh, what's that? I can't remember the guy's name, the, the big thug that's always trying to escape with him. He's pretty funny. I don't know his name. And then that fight at the end between the warden. Well, not only that, the warden's uh, niece is May. May comes to, to the prison to see Zuko and to give him a piece of her mind. And this is where like you find out that they're like in love. Even though I, I ship Zutara, May really does love her man because she turns her back on Azula and the Fire Nation, the prison, to fight off these people so Zuko can escape. And that whole final battle where they're fighting on that, that, uh, that cable car, oh my gosh, great stuff. Love this episode. Get you a girl who looks at you like May looks at Zuko. Like they want to kill you 99% of the time. Yep. All right, guys, so any final thoughts on this season and as the series as a whole? 
honestly, I wish there was a little bit more of an epilogue. So I wish there was a little more explanation of what, you know, what peace was brought about. You know, we, we see Zuko take the throne. It seems like everything's cool, but we don't. We see him shake down the, uh, Ozai. Yeah. To find out where his mom's at. And I know that there's a comic out there that shows what happens with his mom. I haven't actually read it. That's kind of like the epilogue. Well, I guess I wish there was a little more, I guess I wish there was more political stuff in it, aside from just the storyline, right. you know? And I don't think it's just that comic. I think there are several. I might be wrong on this, dear listeners, so don't don't quote me on it. I know that the uh, one of the popular one is definitely the one where Zuko and Aang go to find out what happened to Zuko's mom. I have read it. I don't know if I ever finished it because I don't think it 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 was more than one comic. I, I'm gonna I want to go back and actually re revisit that now that I'm done with the series, and maybe I'll report back next next week on how I like that. I guess they just compare um, it to Lord of the Rings, and maybe Lord of the Rings is a little too much of a finale because they go on for right? like twenty thirty minutes of just twenty thirty yeah minutes. of like yeah. we're we're happy we won. I don't need all that, but. A little bit, just a little more than just Zuko taking the throne, which we can we can infer means the war's over because he'll stop the fighting. But it would be nice to see how they start to rebuild. Right, Wesley. Any final thoughts on this season of Avatar: The Last Airbender and the series as a whole? It was such a good uh, series finale, man. And you know, like the what was the final episode? Um, so the last episode is Sozin's Comet Part Four. Sozin's Comet Part, yeah. But you have Sozin's Comet Part 1, The Phoenix King. Part 2, The Old Masters. Part 3, Into the Inferno. And the last one's just Sozin's Comet. Yeah. This one's called um, Avatar Aang. Oh, it is called Avatar. Yeah, you're right. It is Avatar Aang. Sorry. This episode list I am currently looking at does not say that. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Part 4. Um, Just how everything just tied up and, and how the show ended. Um and came to complete but you know this dude azula went nuts oh yeah yeah she got she got bested and and then she went finally like completely off the hinges <laughs> i would i would argue she went off the hinges way before then why what brought about that i i, I honestly i don't feel like they fleshed that out very well the, i think it started at the beach episode man i, I think so because like when she was unable to like interact with like normal people or you know, guys or anything like that um you know uh, that sort of became like a red flag to her her two girlfriends there, uh, Ty Lee and and May. Yeah, but she was but she was back to normal old Azula after that. It really isn't until she's not allowed to go with Ozai to like conquer the rest of the world that she starts tripping. Yeah. So I don't I don't know why that because she was excited about being the Fire Lord. I don't know why that like triggered her. I just I don't I don't know. I think maybe it was the first time she was told no, you know? By her dad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, certainly. And she's usually told, whatever, do do what you got to do. Like, we're not going to stop you from doing whatever because she's so gifted. And that's right. a, a common problem amongst gifted youth. You know, they're they're constantly propelled forward. And by the time they finally get told no or you need to redo something or you have to think about it in a different way, it can be hard. Yeah, and she does. She takes it very, very hard. Um, the whole problem she had with her mom that she talked about at the beach, it comes back here because she sees her mom in the mirror, and she has this whole conversation with this mother who isn't there. And I, 
And I think that's why Wesley's right. Like I think I think the beach is kind yeah. of the first crack. It's the seeds. It's the seeds. I I like that. See, Wesley, you opened my eyes, man. Because mm. like, and that's what I'm saying. Those filler, those filler episodes really aren't necessarily just filler. Because even May and Ty Lee stuff, while it seemed very like kind of on the surface stuff, I mean, it did come to play in in these final episodes because Ty Lee was just like she wanted to be different. Even which is funny that she became a Kyoshi warrior and now looks like those five other girls. So maybe her not as much. But I don't know. I, I like how that, that episode kind of culminates into this episode. I mean, it planted the seeds. Yeah. And talking about book three in general, um, or actually talk about this entire show in general, is uh, this is definitely one of my favorite shows, top three favorite in the world. Um, you know, up there with the breaking. Breaking Bad and and um, I can't think of a third one right now, but definitely my top three. Um, is Star Wars is Star Rangers, Wars not more from Power Rangers? Star Wars not in your like top like favorite things because I feel like I feel like Clone Wars? like a, like a TV show. Uh, oh, a TV show. Clone okay, Wars? All right. yeah. Clone Wars. No, Clone Wars doesn't make my top three, but oh. But but yeah yeah I think the show like ended at a good time with three seasons or because you know there are a lot of good shows that keep going on and on and on like a cough cough yeah. The Walking Dead you know um, go past their prime that you still watch to this day Wesley <laughs> <laughs> I do I, I'm committed this didn't overstay its welcome it told That's its right. story it did its thing and it got out and I appreciate that yeah 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 final thoughts for me this season. I'm going to stand by that it is my favorite season. It's just so much happens. And from beginning to end, it tells the, the finale of the whole series, of course. But the, sto- the story that we get from beginning to end in this season just kind of, it just has so many layers. You know, like Zuko has all, these, has all this trauma that he works through. And he kind of peels through that with each um, member of the gang in those final episodes. It really feels like he's part of the group a lot longer than he is um, because of that. And even the stuff with Azula planting those seeds at the beach and then all the way in the last episodes coming to, to fruition, everything just kind of working together. And there's never a dull moment. I mean, there's very few, I know that we, we named a couple episodes that were kind of, eh, but I mean, three out of 21. Yeah. I mean, that's not bad at all. And even those episodes weren't bad. They just didn't propel the story very much. But other than that, I mean, it is full speed ahead. So this season, for sure, it really did it for me. The series as a whole, like I've said in past episodes, we have the one main goal of defeating the Fire Lord. And that's where this story ends. We get all the stories that happen around it, and that's what makes this such a great show, is that the main idea stays the same. The villain is always there. It's the Fire Lord, and they go for that. And all this other stuff happens around it, and we get all of this other backstory that connects to this main theme and why everyone is connected to this war. And at the end of it, everyone has their story finished, or at least finished until we can get it to to Legend of Korra. But these characters are fully developed characters by the end, and it didn't last too long. So, great show. Um, Amazing follow-through. Dave Filoni, just applause to him. He's the man. And I think that's it for uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So congratulations, everybody. We've, we've made it to the end. Now let's throw this thing to Master Yoda for the word of the week. 
There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Hmm. Sparky Sparky Boomman, the word of the week is. Yeah, we, we did kind of talk about old Sparky Sparky Boomman, or Combustion Man, for those who want to go with his final name. Uh, I, I prefer Sparky Sparky Boomman. It really... It's pretty silly. Touches my soul. I like that it's uh it's classic soccer, right? I mean it's classic soccer. Yes, funny soccer is. Great Jedi he would be. Yeah, I mean I could agree with that. Maybe you should try to recruit him. Hmm. Recruit him? I cannot. Not really. Yes. Well, Master Yoda, much like the Ember Island players, it's getting pretty meta right now. Hmm. Meta I can be. One with the Force I am. See y'all. No. Alright, let's, uh... Well, Master Yoda, as always, you've kind of creeped me out by the end of the segment, so let's wrap this thing up. That's another great episode of Dork Wars the Podcast. Thank you for listening. Check us out at dorkwarspodcast.com. Check out our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just type in Dork Wars the Podcast and you will find us. I promise. Interact with us. We love chatting with you. Send us a message comment on our stuff join our facebook group we have a facebook group called dork wars a star wars community where you can interact with us we try to post fun stuff on there all the time and it's all about you guys the listeners so interact with us we want to talk with you thank you and may the force be with you Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Let's see if my TikTok got any more views. Probably not. Production.